shotglassdigital.com. Geek Out Loud is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash geekout. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player of your choice. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. Help us out, guys. Come on. Come on, help us out. On this episode of Geek Out Loud, it's the beginning of October, and that can mean only one thing. It's time to pass some corn. Aaron Chernivice stops by. We look at the movies that are going to be released this month, and I'm sure we'll have some geeky fun along the way. It's your safe place to geek out. This is the Geek Out Loud Podcast. Everybody, it's the Geek Out Loud podcast. I'm Steve Glosson. I'm glad to be with you. I'm excited to be here. It's your safe place to geek out. I got to learn how to do a proper mic check. I was coming in with a hot mic earlier. Now my mic's too low. Now I feel like we're just in that right spot, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. We're streaming live at mixer.com slash goalaverse. And I'm so glad, as I said, to be along with you. And man, oh man, have we got a show for you tonight. I've got to bring in my brother from another mother. He is, I would say he's the yin to my yang, but I feel like he's the yang to my yang. Ladies and gentlemen, Eris Chernevice. What's going on, my man? Hey, Steve, what's going on? I'm just playing yin, brother. I love it. Uh, have Little you, Raiders March. Have you seen that ESPN commercial where they talk about having the, uh, everyone needs to have good walkout music? No, I haven't seen that. There, you know how they do all the different things where they're around the office yeah, and everything. Yeah, I with love the, the, with the different commercials. And uh, and and they've got one of the dudes interviewing him. He's like, "Yeah, walkout music's key. You know, it really will get the crowd it fired is key. up." And so it cuts to them like in a meeting in a conference room, and the dude finishes up. And he said, "So this quarter we're looking really good." And he motions to some baseball player and says his name, and then his walkout music starts to play. And uh, two guys are sitting over there. He's like, man, I wish I could do that. And I don't know the commentator's name, but at one point, at the end, he's walking down the hall to Mbop, and he stops at a dude's desk, one of the baseball players. He's like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, just don't. Just don't. <laughs> so you got to have good walkout music, man. Yes, you do. And the Raiders march would uh, be at the top of the list I for think, me for I walkout music. Indeed. I think it qualifies for show, for, for show as they say. Although, you know, that, that Super Friends music just gets me so pumped every episode. Uh, just listening to it now, I think I've come to the conclusion that I need to make that like my alarm music in the morning. 
I don't know that I've made good choices uh, often with the podcast, but right out of the gate, that was the first thing that I chose for this podcast way back at episode number one, and I feel like it's been the best choice that I've made. It just sets the tone. It really does. It really does. Fun and adventure awaits. And everyone says the same thing. You know, when we're coming in live, they're like, I just can't help but bebop to it. I, I, they, you know, and so I'm like, well, then I must have done something right. But I wish, uh, the only thing is, I wish I would have made that music, but I did not. Uh, that's called uh, That Time Is Now. Actually, I cut out the beginning part of that, which is actually uh, audio from the old War of the Worlds radio drama. Ah, and uh, and the, know that. and the guy and it's the reporter talking about what he can see and how terrible it looks and he says if if ever there was a time for heroes that time is now and then doom 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 just kicks in <laughs> and uh and and goes from there so it was used on Cartoon Network or Boomerang back in the day um, when they were showing old episodes of the Super Friends and they would do like these commercials advertising it and that's what they would have they'd have this remix playing with it and showing clips from the show and everything so you can find it it's on the media section at uh, superman homepage that's where i pulled mine from so i'll give give them a shout out uh also if you want to talk about some links right now see what i did there head over to geekoutonline.com or geekoutpodcast.com use those amazon links to do all your amazon shopping you buying star wars merch are you uh buying star wars merch are you buying video games are you buying lego dimensions what are you doing do it through amazon and do it through the links geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com when you do so it helps the show out in a big bad way if you really want to help the show out and show your love for the show, go to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. We've got five t-shirts right now in our Tee Public store. We've got the Geek Out Loud Classic, a very basic Geek Out Loud shirt, as well as um, the Mole shirt, the Mark Out Loud shirt. Uh, we've got our Rock Out Loud mixtape shirt and the Disney Vault Talk Baby Mushroom shirt. Uh, all available there at uh, at geekoutonline.com slash shirts. This is not something where you'll buy it, and six weeks later you'll still be waiting on it. This is from TeePublic, uh, and, and they do a good job. They do quality work. So grab it and go and show your love for the Goliverse um, with, with a shirt of your choice. You can get it in any style, multiple colors. It's all there. Geekoutonline.com slash shirts. And, of course... A big thank you so much to everyone who supports us through our Patreon. Uh, Geek Out Loud is brought to you by supporters like you at patreon.com slash geekoutloud. Our featured supporter, and there is a reason for this one today, is Jimmy Tucker, the one who knows. What does that mean? What does he know? Ask him. He knows it. About you, about me, about life. It's not quite telepathy. He just knows. Because of that, he's able to fight expertly, knowing his opponent's move as it's happening and knowing how to take down said opponent. When he puts his mind to it, he truly can accomplish anything. Also, he's the inventor of the Sasquatch stick, or the Sasquatch stick, depending on where you're from. Uh, so that's our featured reporter, Jimmy Tucker, also known as at Jimmy in Georgia on the Twitter. And, and I chose him specifically tonight, Irish, because I got a text from old Jimmy today. He was down in Valdosta, Georgia, at a Toys R Us, and he saw the Vader Ahsoka 2-pack. Ah, the much-coveted Vader Ahsoka 2-pack. And he grabbed it off the shelf for me. So I just, you know, I was I was like, yes, thank you so much. And uh, so hopefully that'll be in my possession in the next few days. 
And what is a Sasquatch stick? Is uh, it just a stick he found in the woods that had like a little fur on it? Well, Irish, to to tell you that story, uh, we got <laughs> we got to go back to a radio show I used to do called the Big Honkin' Show, and what we would do is just take you know old uh, we take funny news stories and talk about them, you know, d- depending on you know what, what kind of mood we're in or whatever. And there was this right. one story. And there was a video, it went around the internet for a while, of a guy named Tim up in North Carolina, Mountain Man Tim. And he talked about his encounter with a Bigfoot. And he said, uh, and he had all these different quotes while he was describing it. He said, this thing was 10 feet tall. <laughs> he had beautiful hair. Um, and, and at one point he's talking, he's like, it was right down that path out chair. And he's holding a stick and he says... I I grabbed his stick and rough talked him. I said, "Get, get away from him!" And he went right back down that path out here. Did this guy come across this Sasquatch on the way to his moonshine still, well, or on the way back from? There it? is, Erish. You're not going to believe this. There is nine one one call uh, recordings of him um, calling to see if he can shoot it. <laughs> So, you know, this has got, but anyhow, so my friend Buck and I, who my, my, my co-host Buck at the time, and I, we were just laughing hysterically about this guy, rough talking the Bigfoot, he had beautiful hair, it's 10 foot tall, and so Jimmy and Georgia sent in, um, and this is one of the first things, the Big Honkin Show became famous, and I'm using my quote fingers there, for listener interaction where they would actually it's one of the few shows i've done they've done some people have done it a little bit for geek out loud and that's really about it but on this one there were people always creating content for the show nice and so jimmy put together a uh, a little infomercial here it is are gnomes too sissy for your garden wait that's the wrong one that's the sasquatch statue here we go the sasquatch <laughs> stick here we go are you fed up with those annoying Bigfoot? This thing was 10 foot tall. He had beautiful hair. Save time and money with Sasquatch Stick. The Sasquatch Stick is a revolutionary device that rid your property of those problem Bigfoot. I come out here and rough talk him and run him off. Our product's been successfully used by tens of thousands of people and been positively reviewed on nationwide news programs. So I go up here, this stick, he was standing right there. And I said, get away from here. Get. Get. If you're not 100% satisfied, you'll get your money back guaranteed. Works on most mythic beasts, real or imagined. And he went right back out that path again. Others may cost you $100, but for four easy payments of $19.95, this Sasquatch chick can be yours. Limited time offer, not available in stores. So. <laughs> I want a Sasquatch <laughs> So yeah, so Jimmy and Georgia put that together, and um, and he became just a regular contributor. And then we ended up. Uh, Andrew made a few different commercials. Our good friend Daniel and Indy made some very famous commercials, uh, famous in the big honk and show circles, and um, and and famously ticked off my friend Derek. You know, last time you were on, Derek interrupted us because he thought he had heard we were bad talking Back to the Future. And, um, and, but, but Daniel ticked off Derek with one of the ones he did. It's a long story. So, but yeah, Jimmy and Georgia featured supporter. 
getting a lot of love right now, and he should because he, he grabbed me that Vader Ahsoka 2-pack, and I really appreciate nice. it. He also made a new Twitter and Instagram account today called At Jimmy's Toys, where he's posting all of his Star Wars toys. So you can follow him if you want to, At Jimmy's Toys on Twitter and Instagram. I, I just give that shout-out to him because he is a good friend of the show, and he's done a lot to support us and so and because he's sending you a vader Ahsoka two-pack let's be honest that's right that's right oh it all come yeah i mean you know listen <laughs> i live by the rule he's greasing the wheels that's right i live by the rule you scratch my back and i will bend over backwards for you <laughs> so <laughs> so yeah so that's you know that's that's how i that's how i roll i i, I don't want anyone the one thing I never want anyone to be able to say of me is he was unappreciative. So, because I am quite appreciative. Um, hey, Steve. Hey, Irish. Happy podcast day. Is it, is it podcast day? I guess it's podcast day. I saw a lot of our, uh, our fellow podcasters on the Twitter talking about it today. Really? So, yeah. Well, thanks, man. I didn't know there was such a thing. Neither did I. Huh. But Twitter does. Well, I feel like uh, this should have been something they ran by me. Um, well, yes, you are the gentleman <laughs> podcaster about town. That's right. That's right. About whatever town I happen to be in. Two more things before we get to the meat of the show, Erish. Number one, um, go everyone mark down this date on your calendar, January 23rd, 2016. January 23rd, 2016. That's a Saturday, and that is the planned date for the very next Goliverse Marathon, where we'll be raising money for Cure Childhood Cancer, which you can find at curechildhoodcancer.org. That is my birthday weekend, and last week, last year we did this and raised over $1,500 for Cure Childhood Cancer, and uh, this year we're looking to double that amount. We're going to go all the way with a $3,000 goal, um, and that's why I'm telling you now, guys, go ahead and be putting pennies aside quarters aside because uh we're going to be setting it up we're going to be doing it that day january 23rd all of the goliverse shows big honking show geek out loud mark out loud rock out loud round three and uh little things in between so uh mark your calendars down january 23rd the goliverse marathon for cure childhood cancer which you can start spreading the news yes Steve's podcasting all day. That's right. It'll be the third one we've done. And, man, they're a blast. It is It is a good time. We had our big which Indiana Jones movie is the best one, I believe, during uh, your oh, last Oh, yeah. One. Was that when we did that? That's one of my favorite pods that we've nice. done together. That was a lot of fun. Well, well, listen, I haven't talked to you specifically about it yet, but I plan on, you know, we got to do a little something, something for Whatever that. Whatever you want to do, brother. You know I'm in. I hear you. And Just as long as the Broncos aren't playing, we'll that, have to work around that. I, well, it's a Saturday. NFL playoffs. Well, it's a Saturday. I know, but it's NFL playoffs. Do they do playoffs on Saturdays? They do Saturday and Sunday in the first couple rounds. Well, they got to stop that crap. <laughs> so, the NFL is Sunday football or Monday. Uh, it's Thursday. Yeah, now they're Sunday, doing Thursdays Monday. now too, aren't they? Jeez. Them and the college football clan, man. They're this getting it Sunday, out there. it starts at 9.30 a.m. because the Jets and Dolphins are playing in London. Oh, wow. Really? So it's all day of football. Nice. Just glorious. Well, um, I, 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 don't, I don't really we, watch the NFL. I don't follow the NFL too much. I was just going to say, I digress. That's it's not fun. this podcast. That's, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, we've talked about doing a college football 
podcast before me and someone else. I just, I'm like, you have to devote so much time and have so yeah. much knowledge about everything. I just don't think I could do it. Um, and as much as I gave a shout out to Jimmy and Georgia, I want to give, I don't know what the reverse of a shout out is it, when you're not using, when you're not ignoring someone, but Josh looked, looked, I, I don't really know how to pronounce his last name. I met him at the same store as weekends. I met you, Arish. Um, and he ended up hanging out with us a little while. Josh is a cool guy. Very nice guy from actually down in Florida. He hit me up on the Facebook uh, a couple of weeks ago and was like, hey, you should get in on this Star Wars 5K. I'm doing it. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he sent me a link, and I was looking at it, and I'm like, well, I've been you know, trying to lose the weight. I've been trying to, and last time I'd lost any significant amount of weight, it was in preparations for a 5K I got roped into. And, um, and because of life circumstances, I didn't get to actually partake in. And I said, you know what? This is something we could cover on the podcast. It could be a good time. So I'm here to announce that uh, yours truly is participating in a 5K, doing something that I absolutely hate to do. And really the only reason is because it's Star Wars themed. So that's how deep my sickness runs with this Star Wars thing, Irish. I think it's pretty impressive. And actually I met Josh at a... Uh at celebration out in anaheim oh nice i nice. met him at uh at jimmy and jason's party okay cool at cool. the rebel force radio party great guy had yeah. a really good time hanging out with him yeah he's 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 a super guy he is of the uh he's of the same persuasion of uh, that you and i are of irish yes we were uh we were complimenting each other on our uh on our casual male star wars shirts no <laughs> <laughs> Well, any of you big guys out there will know what I'm there talking about. There you go. About. There you go. <laughs> Listen, I've been ranting and raving for years. There aren't enough big and tall geek shirts out I there. I believe he said that he wanted to start like his version of her universe, but for big men and call yes. it that's no moon. The, oh, nice, nice. <laughs> I think I stole. I think he stole that from me. I said that on a podcast uh, one maybe. time. I didn't do the That's No Moon. It would be all like Star Wars shirts for big guys. Yeah, I didn't do That's No Moon. I was just saying I went with the low-hanging fruit, and I was like Fat Universe instead yeah. of Her Universe. Um, but yeah, it needs to happen. It does. That, I, I think so. Good guy, great guy. And so you guys uh, doing the five k together? Huh? Yeah. Well, we're, I'm going to be meeting him down there. I've got a friend of mine up here that's going to go with me and do it as well. We signed up the other day, and I'm doing this couch to five k thing. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? No. It's a program where they say that within X amount of weeks, it's not many, you can be running a five k. The problem is, is it's designed for people who maybe have ran, you know, and right. and, and, and just need to get back used to it. it. It basically does like the first day workout, Irish, is you walk for five minutes, then you run for a minute. Then you walk for a minute and a half and, yeah. you, and you run for a minute and you alternate like that up until about the 30 minute mark. And, um, and that's when you have a stroke. Yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um the uh, the the thing is 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 I actually started training Monday. I I call it training, and I I put this there's an app and it tells you when to go, what not to. And so I put it in. I'm listening to a podcast. I need to go back and re-listen to said podcast because I completely zoned out of what was being said, just trying to stay alive. Right. I ran of the 30 minute uh, workout. I maybe ran 60 seconds. Um, baby steps man yeah yeah and so today 
doing it again because I alternate days when I run and do the DDP yoga stuff. Today, I was... Of course you do DDP yoga. Oh, dude, it's awesome. If I can encourage anyone to do anything, you want something that'll kick your butt but not leave you feeling like uh, I just almost died, DDP yoga is the way to go. And he doesn't make you feel stupid if you're not able to do something. Like he, he makes sure that you're like, hey, if you can't do this, then do it this way. And it's like, thank you, DDP. Um, but, uh, but so today I was actually real proud of myself because I ran rather than 60 seconds of the 30 minutes, I ran about 90 seconds. So improvement, nice. guys, nice. improvement, yes. So Very there, nice. I'm a glutton. Now, now how, how are your knee, knees feeling? My knees are okay right now. What's really getting me are my feet and my upper thighs. Okay. I'm, 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 they are in fuego. My feet are killing. I've always had like foot issues and stuff and I've got weak ankles. And so as I was getting in the shower a while ago, I felt my ankle kind of twist and almost, I'm like, whoa, you got, now, like careful. those Rob Liefeld ankles. Careful. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Does Rob Liefeld have bad he ankles? He can't draw ankles. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> He's infamous for not being well, able to try. I just, listen, there was a whole segment of the listening audience who perked up when you said that. It's like, that's the best joke ever. And I just kind of ruined it for those people. Like, I don't get it. And then you said, I'm like, okay, okay. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's happening, man. And, um, and well, I might look into this. Maybe I will join you in this. Well, you know, I, I, I'm not one of these people that's like, oh, you totally should. Uh, but if you want to, you know I'm all about it. But uh, but well, I'll, you know I've got some friends who do this 5K. Mm -hmm. You know, Chris Wyman from Jedi Journals does it, and uh, you know I see their pictures on the the social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, Cole Horton does it, and I'm just like, you know, that looks like so much fun. Yeah, no, but it, it's it, but it's running. I just yeah, exactly. Here's here's fun. the thing. That's what I want to say is I don't think it looks fun at all. I, and, and it's like the whole community of it that looks fun to me. No, you know, it's just a lot of it's all Star Wars people like getting together yeah. and having a fun weekend and stuff. It just happens to revolve around running, which that, that, is like yeah, and the here, least possibly fun thing that I could think of. Well, to do. and I've done enough weekends with other Star Wars people that I did not run and had a blast. And, right, and running would not have added anything to it but heartache. So, <laughs> and, but I like the challenge of it, and it would be good. It would get me into shape. Yeah, that, or it, it'd get me into a less round shape. Yeah, set. and that's and that's part of what I'm doing. I have to come out of it looking like the Rock, but right. Well, you never know, Irish. I've uh, always, I've but always. Yeah, let me look into it. It's, I mean, yeah, it, it sounds like something that could be kind of cool. Yeah, man, and and you know, and then after we all crash when it's all said and done we can all get back together later on and carb up again so yeah exactly <laughs> go yeah. for beer and cake <laughs> yeah yeah and i don't even drink beer <laughs> <laughs> oh man well eric <laughs> let's get into it bro let's pass some corn yeah The cord. 
So uh, it's October, and we're looking ahead to the movies that are coming out this October. After New York Comic Con has died down and all, I'm sure we'll get back together and and uh, talk some uh, talk some past October movies a little bit. But there's a this is a huge month for movies, man. Uh, I you know I knew going in that it was going to be big, but when I was working on putting the show notes together for us, I had no idea how many movies are coming out this month. Right, I, I didn't. It, I mean, there's so, there's one weekend that's got like five or six yeah. movies of note in it. And what's funny is there's only you know spoiler alert maybe one. Yeah, like one that I'm really just jazzed completely about because I'm not the greatest. Uh, you know, I'm not a I'm not the cinephile that a lot of people are. Well, but, I mean, I don't even think you necessarily need to be a cinephile. I mean, we've got new movie from Steven Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Anybody who goes to the movies knows who he is. Right. Got a new movie from Robert Zemeckis, who, you know, his his IMDb profile is nothing but huge box office right. hits. Right, New movie from Danny Boyle, Oscar winner. Uh, new movie from Barry Levinson, I believe he won the Best Directing Oscar for Rain Man. Um, new movie from Ridley Scott, who you know is, is a Ridley common Scott. name. I mean, we're talking a lot of pedigree. Yeah, Guillermo del Toro's got a new movie. Actually, actually, I take that back. There are two big movies that I'm really, really jazzed to see. That as I'm looking through this list, um, before we get into them, though, you sent me a clip. Uh, Entertainment Weekly uh, put out an article about um, just just highlighting Robert Zemeckis talking about Eric Stoltz's original Back to the Future casting in a documentary that's going to be coming out. What is this documentary? Do you know? Uh, the documentary is called Back in Time, and mm-hmm. it's basically about Back to the Future. And it, it comes out, it's going to be limited theatrical release, mm-hmm. uh, middle to late October. Um, but then I think it'll be available at the same time on iTunes and some of the other yeah, streaming yeah, okay. sites. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm, but it's just like kind of sort of a love letter sort of thing mm-hmm. about Back to the Future, but it looks like they got like a lot of the the main participants, wow. the, you know, the creators and stuff to participate in making this thing. So this particular clip that I sent you that EW had posted mm-hmm. was Bob Smekis talking about the original casting of Eric Stoltz as Marty McFly. Let's give it a listen. See if I can get it to play. I'm looking oh, you got to be kidding me! I even went through the sponsor message a while ago to make sure it didn't. You get the commercial first. Yeah, I even made sure. I even went ahead and went through it and had it tried to have it queued up, but it started playing. I guess it just. You know, a lot over. of the trailers that I sent you, the mm-hmm. commercials that I was getting were the Walmart Star Wars commercials. Oh yeah. I gotta say, I can't believe I'm saying this, but they are amazing. The the Star but, Wars stuff. Yeah, we we should do. Future segment just talking about the Walmart Star Wars commercials. Oh, really? The commercials are good. Yeah, the nice. commercials are really good. Well, here's the really clip. smart. You can write a great script and cast it just a couple people wrong and one person wrong, and the whole thing will fall apart. And, you know, that kind of was the case. I was lucky enough to be in a movie called The Wildlife, and they were looking at Eric Stoltz, who was my uh, boyfriend. You're the one who needed your freedom. Well, I didn't know that was an excuse for you to start going out with the entire male race. I made a decision that was based on, um, you know, just the desire to get the movie made. And I was given an ultimatum by the head of the studio that if I didn't start the movie on a specific day, they weren't going to make it. My first choice for the part wasn't available because he was in a TV show. 
So uh, Eric is a really good actor, and I made the decision to put him in the movie, but it turned out that um, his instincts and the type of comedy that the film we were doing were, um, wasn't really uh, gelling. It became clear as uh, the picture progressed that it, the humor just wasn't working uh, the way it should. Yeah, on, you know, on some of the special features on, on like the DVDs and the Blu-rays and stuff, they actually have a few clips with Eric Stolt uh, in those roles. And it's 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 weird how much they actually filmed with him. Yeah, I mean, during that clip, they're cutting in photos of him on set as Marty and stuff. And obviously the actor that Bob wanted to work with, that couldn't he couldn't because the TV show was Michael J. Fox. Right. Um. But yeah, I, I just found that whole thing really interesting. And a lot of times, you know, directors don't like to talk about why something didn't work. So the fact that he was so open about why he replaced him, I thought was just really interesting on its own. Yeah, but I think Eric Stoltz has been okay. Yeah. I don't, I don't you know, I, it's not like this Yeah, but let's be honest, his career didn't take off the way Michael J. Fox's did. Sure. Sure. That's true. That's true. You know, he he he's made a career in Hollywood, but he didn't become the star that Fox. Yeah, he's he's very much a he he's one of those um he's very much utility player. Very he but he he's very yeah. gluey as far as just he kind of holds things together. He's one of those he's one of those that guys. Yeah, where you just see him in a lot of things. But uh, yeah, um, and and when you see when you actually watch those scenes that they filmed with him, where they show on, on some of the special features and. And stuff, you kind of see that, yeah, this doesn't work the same way that Fox did. Michael J. Fox just was Marty McFly. Yeah. And, um, you know, and, and I don't know that it would have been a, as big a hit. Of course, he was also a huge name at the time, uh, you know, because of Family Ties. Well, Family and, and Ties was else. such a popular right, show. And right. It really became his show. Yeah. So I'm, I'm really nervous because, uh, you know, apparently every time we talk about back to the future Derek calls in so yeah. i don't know what will happen now but we talked about it on the last show and then the show ended and i was flipping through the channels and there was back to the future three so oh and I, you know what i, I texted you yes like, it's afterwards i'm like dude i'm watching back to the future three on sci-fi right now um you know what i found out scott rifen uh host of my star wars story and, and one of the hosts of dinner for geeks had actually, he was listening to the show back, and he texted me, and he said, um, to be continued was not put in as a joke, but it was added to the VHS edition of Back to the Future to whet the appetite for part two. It wasn't in the theatrical cut. Yeah, you texted that to me. I didn't realize that. Yeah. But I also, I never saw Back to the Future in the theater. Me either. You know, it was something my parents rented one night. We watched it on video. And yep. so my first time seeing it was on video and, you know, getting the to be continued at the end. And, yep. you know, at the time, no Internet and stuff. I didn't know they were making a sequel to it. I was just like, oh, to be continued. I want more. So it clearly worked. Well, in the story I've always heard, having only seen that to be continued stuff is that it was just thrown in there as a joke. There was never meant to be a two. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, well, that's pretty funny, I guess. But, uh, but yeah, so, dude, it's a great franchise. We've talked about it before, you know, and it is. It's a fantastic franchise. I love the Back to the Future trilogy. And, um, and it's one of the last pure trilogies out there. 
So, uh, well, let's get in these October movies, man. Yes, sir. Let's find out what's going on. This Friday at the time of recording, October 2nd, Sicario. Uh, Emily Blunt, Benicio Del Toro, Josh Brolin, who is an outstanding actor. I love him. John Bernthal, Victor Garver, Jeffrey Donovan. It's about an FBI agent who's assigned to work on a dangerous stretch of the U.S.-Mexico border. Um, she's exposed to the brutality of the Mexican drug cartel. She becomes partners with a defector from the cartel, played by Del Toro. Um, and she gets deeper and deeper into the ruthlessness and corruption surrounding the FBI sting to find the organization's leaders. And so she's kind of pushed to a moral and professional breaking point in this thing. It it seems kind of like one of those intense suspense thrillers, uh, you know, done up, you know, FBI action crime drama thriller things. Yeah, this is this movie is really high on my list to see. Really, I would not be surprised if I'll be in the theater on Saturday, uh, checking this thing out. Um, I just right now Emily Blunt can do no wrong for me. Um, she's been fantastic in a lot of the stuff that she's done. I love the cast of this. It's this is the kind of movie that I'm really into right now too. This sort of gritty, hard hitting, a yeah. little bit of action, a little bit of intrigue kind of stuff to it. So I am uh, I'm very excited to see this. Well, and it's it's very real world, you know. That for for several several years, um, ever since some changing of the guard, as far as the president goes down in Mexico, there's been these these cartel wars have just ramped up and and gotten worse and worse. Not to get too serious, and so um, so there's a little bit of real life in there, and and you know, you said Emily Blunt can do no wrong. I'll be honest with you, Josh Brolin. I don't know yeah. that I've seen him do wrong in a, in a movie. He's He's become one of my favorites um, to just to watch work. He's able to disappear into a role. He's able yeah. to you know all, do all that stuff. So, and this one's blowing up on Rotten Tomatoes. It's got a ninety three percent score, um, which is just fantastic. Uh, reviews have been really solid for it. So, well, I, I'm very excited to see this one. I don't. And it's playing in some areas of the country already. Oh really? Like it had a, it had a limited opening, I believe, last week, and so Friday it rolls out like big in mm -hmm. theaters around the country. Um, it's opening up against the movie that I think I'm most excited to see in October, though, because I love, love, love this book, um, The Martian. Uh, this is the Ridley Scott directed movie. Matt Damon. Uh, plays Mark Watney, Jessica Chastain's in this thing, Kristen Wiig, who I have an incredible crush on, Jeff Daniels, uh, Michael Pena, Kate Mara, you know, getting the filth of the fan four stick off of her. I'm sorry, that was way too snarky <laughs> about that. I apologize, that was way too bad. Well, another one with a fantastic cast. Yes. <laughs> you know, great yeah. director based on a best-selling novel. Dude, and, and when I found out, we, we did this, this was the first book we did for the Goliverse Book Club was The Martian. I think this was the first one we did. And loved this book. It's it's so well done. I know that the the, the author, Andy Weird, kind of released it almost as like blog posts, you know, one after the other. Mm -hmm. And and it ended up getting published. But I love yeah, our sister publisher, Crown Publisher. Oh yeah, okay. Love this book. And when they said Matt Damon was cast as the as the lead Mark Watney, I was like perfect. He can pull off all the little lines, all the funny stuff. 
and just from watching the trailer, yeah, they, he nailed it. It's uh, and so I am. I'm really looking forward to this just to see that book come alive. Obviously, you can't do the length of time of the book in two hours, so there'll be stuff cut, and you expect that. You expect yeah. that with an adaptation, but I think it's going to be a fun ride and uh, and a good way, and honestly, a good way to prep for everything that's coming in November. So, <laughs> well, this is another one that's blowing up on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. Just a ninety-two percent score for this one. Yeah. So I think this will be the big gun at the box office this weekend. And and it's got the buzz going about Ridley Scott, uh, kind of pushing forward, wanting to get that uh, sequel to Prometheus. Yeah. So you know, got a lot of buzz around that going. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing this, and may actually go this weekend, given the time, or Monday after work, maybe. Uh, might might get by and go see it. Um, a remake is this a is this a remake of Tom Cruise's Legend? No. Oh, okay. No. <laughs> so Tom, completely different. Tom but looks Tom, fantastic. Tom Hardy. You may also know him as uh, I was born to the darkness. Darth Vader breathing. Darth Vader breathing. Why would you need to shoot a man if you're just gonna throw him out the window? Why? <laughs> Why are you Sean Connery doing Bane lines? Why in every movie must I do a voice you can barely understand? Oh, man. Legend. I don't know that I know about this. It's a crime drama that, cr- that chronicles the rise and fall of two of the most notorious gangsters in England's history, the Cray Twins. Tom Hardy stars as both Ronald and Reginald Cray. Uh, they're twins who rose to prominence in London's underworld in the 60s using gruesome, unhinged taxi- tactics and savvy business acumen to seize control of the city. Wow, did they take over London? Well, it's based on a true story yeah. uh, of these these twins who kind of, you know, rose high in the London underworld. Um, had some ties to the American mafia, I believe. Um, what's what looks intriguing to me is obviously Tom Hardy plays both of them. They are two completely different characters. One is very, he's a very smooth like businessman. Like he would be right at home on Wall Street or like a high profile law firm or whatever. And the other one is you know he's the muscle, he's the brute, he's the one who doesn't have the clear speech pattern who gets a little over-emotional about stuff. So it's two kind of juicy roles for Tom to be playing in mm-hmm. the same movie. It's directed by Brian Helgeland, who did had, did my favorite Mel Gibson movie, Payback. Yes, yes. I absolutely love that movie. He wrote and directed that movie. He also wrote and won an Oscar for L.A. Confidential. Is, um, is, really talented guy. Is Payback the one where he keeps, he wants, what is it, 80000 Yeah, he 000? wants his $70,000. $70,000, and they keep bumping it up to like $100,000. He's like, it was yeah, $70,000. he's got to keep going up the chain to get to the top of the, 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 the crime organization that he's trying to get his money from. And everyone's always like, look, will you get your 100000 It was 70000 yeah, or you'll get your seventy five. It was just seventy thousand. Like that's really all he wants is the money that's owed him. Yeah, that's yeah. I, I, that was a good. That was a rough one too, man. That was yep. That was that was good stuff. So is this? I mean, not that Tom Hardy needs a breakout role. I don't really know how else to say this, but is this kind of the role? Do you think does this have potential to be? Because he's playing the twins, and he's because he's and playing different... the two characters, and this is really his star vehicle. Mm-hmm. 
you know, if if it's a good movie, if it gets good reviews and stuff, I could definitely see this him being an Oscar, you know, an award right. season contender with I mean, there's like 20 different awards, Oscars, Golden Globes, SAGs, like every review organization gives out awards now. It's ridiculous. But like, you know, he could he could jump on board that train for mm-hmm. this kind of role. Hmm. And well, the movie just to me, it looks really good. Yeah. Looks yeah, really I'm, interesting. I'm I mean, there, it looks fun. It looks there's some action in it. There's some intrigue and stuff. So, and it's a period piece. We've been getting a lot of period pieces lately. It seems like. Yeah. It seems like we're diving back into into especially those. And maybe it's because of the the success of like Mad Men over the past few years or something. But it seems like we're dipping back into that that 60s late 50s through the 60s time period a lot uh with different things so and this is one that's probably not going to open huge right right you know they'll probably platform it like start it off in a few cities and if it does well on those screens expand it out from there um so october 9th moving on october 9th the walk this is not a johnny cash uh (laughs) A biopic. This is, uh, but it is a biopic in a way. It's uh, about the Hawaii artist Philippe Petit, uh, who attempted to walk a tightrope between the Twin Towers back in 1974, starring Jorgo or Joe Gore, Joe Go, Jordan, <laughs> Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Ben Kingsley, and uh, James Bagdale. Um, directed by Robert, Robert Zemeckis. This is the Zemeckis-directed one. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Um, now you have here a, a, a link to a New York Post article about this particular uh, particular movie, and the New York Post. Well, let's let's set it up a little bit. This is because it's you know the tightrope walk between the twin towers, and because it's Bob Zemeckis who, you know, starting with you know Forrest Gump and all the stuff, does these realistic visual effects mm-hmm. really well. Mm-hmm. Like there, this is another movie that's getting pushed big for IMAX 3D. Right, right. Um, because of the realism of yeah. this, like they watch, and Zemeckis has said that he wants people to feel a bit of vertigo when they're watching this. Like he wants them to feel like they're really on that tightrope wire up there with him. So based on that, that led into this article from the New York Post that I sent you. Well, and and here is the headline. The walk is so realistic, people are throwing up in theaters. This actually comes from uh, Dateline September 29th uh, of 2015. The walk could make you sick, really. It says some vertiginous viewers have been caught off balance by the 3D flick about the daredevil who walked a tightrope between the Twin Towers, feeling downright queasy by the perceived height. Joseph Gordon-Levitt, easy for me to say, plays Frenchman Philippe Petit, who snuck to the top of the World Trade Center on August 7, 1974, and performed his death-defying act 1,362 feet above the ground without a net. Director Robert Zemeckis said after the first screening at the New York Film Festival over the weekend that he actually wanted audience to experience vertigo, Business Insider reported. He apparently got his wish and then some. Uh, there's a quote from Denise Widman, board director of the Boston Jewish Film Festival, who's in town for the film festival. The last 20 minutes of the film, I had to look away a couple of times because of the sensation, the height. It, I felt a bit queasy. I felt nervous. It was a tingling sensation and some anxiety. Others had it even worse. Journalist Mark Harris tweeted, 
Reports of guys vomiting in, in the Alice Tully men's room post the walk true. Witnessed it. Came close. Bad visual trigger for vertigo sufferers. Uh, wow. Now I've got to go see this movie, and I've <laughs> got to go see it in IMAX 3D. I don't know where the nearest one to me is. I think it's like Atlanta. But um, but I think I've got I think I've got to. It's get the movie's getting really solid reviews. Um, you know, aside from some people vomiting, uh, you know it. I, I look. It looks really good. And Arish, that's and, the best review of all. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can't you can't go wrong with a guy who won. You know. Academy Award for Forrest Gump, and it's been uh, nominated for other stuff. You know, he did Castaway. I mean, right, his resume is right. just fantastic. So, wow, I don't, I don't see how it can get, especially with what, what we've got the other two movies releasing this day. I, I feel like this one takes that weekend for show. Uh, I think so. Yeah, uh, because uh, also we have Pan, Pan, opening up. Um, <laughs> of course, we know about. You know, it's the story of Peter Pan. It's kind of a prequel, it seems like, based on... I think it's kind of the, his origin story. Yeah, yeah. And it, a little bit of an origin story for Captain Hook, too, it looks like. Because mm-hmm. Captain Hook is not the bad guy in this. No, I'm seeing this, and it's Blackbeard, played by Hugh Jackman. Yeah. So, uh, Captain Hook will not be played by Christopher Walken like he was in that musical on NBC. You know, Pat, <laughs> I hate you. Anyhow, um, I, I I've seen a trailer for this and I'm just not I'm not enthralled by it. I'm not really taken with it. I guess it's um, you know, I'm kind of. I mean, part of me is intrigued by it. I like the cast. Um, I like the the sense of adventure and stuff in it. But you know, if I had to choose between this and the walk to go see in the theater, I'm going to go see the walk. But I will definitely watch Pan when it hits, mm-hmm. you know, on demand or Netflix or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, this next one is, um, I don't even like the title. Knock, knock. <laughs> uh, Keanu Reeves. Whoa. Uh, he's left at home for a weekend while his family vacations. During a thunderstorm, two teenage girls knock on his door to use the telephone. He's seduced by the girls. But his one night of indulgence turns into a deadly game of cat and mouse when the teens come back the next night for a sadistic follow-up. Horror veteran Eli Roth directs this thrill- thriller. We, we spoke about this one briefly in our September uh, review because we were talking about Roth's other new movie that's out. How many directors have two movies in theaters at the same time? I know, and dude... Because uh, he's got Green Inferno out there right now, but uh, this is kind of the new direction that he wants to go uh, with sort of these uh, psychological thrillers. Mm-hmm. And, um, ESPN's Grantland site had a really good article with slash about him uh, this past week. And he talked about how, you know, nobody's making these uh, these kind of sexual thrillers right now, mm-hmm. and that he wanted Knock Knock to be a throwback to the really brilliant Paul Verhoeven movies, the sexual thriller that Fatal Attraction. That film doesn't exist in the marketplace anymore, so I wanted to make a Fatal Attraction for the millennial age. 
Yeah, and uh, I'll say this. On uh, last Friday's episode of Talk is Jericho, he had Eli Roth on. And they were talking, really talking Green Inferno and all that he did to get that movie filmed. And it made me like, well, I want to see this now. Um, but I, I was just really taken with this guy and his... He is just a cinephile. He's a movie buff from way back. And, um, and, and he just spoke so knowledgeably about film in general, not to mention what he's doing. And so uh, for the first time in, like, what, almost 10 years that he, he had a movie out. And so here, boom, boom, back to back, two yeah. months in a row. You so, know what he's working on now? I have no idea. He is doing the film adaptation of the best-selling novel Meg. Was it Meg or Mac? Yeah, Meg. About uh, you know the huge prehistoric shark uh, megalodon. Yes, yes. I heard he was talking about that on on talk yeah, with Jericho. The studio wants it to be a big tentpole summer <clears throat> picture, kind of like Jaws, and so that's his next project. And he seems to be really jonesed about doing it. Yeah, he said he said it's going to be. He he described a shot that he wants in the film of basically. You, you see a sailboat out on the water and behind it, the fin of this shark comes up and you think it's another sailboat until the shark actually comes. The, oh, the nice. So, yeah. Yeah. So uh, I was, I was really taken back with him. I, I enjoyed listening to him on talk is Jericho. I'll pull, get, get, head over that way. And if you listen and decide to chime in, let them know that you heard about him on geek out loud and on Mark out loud. Cause we talk about him on there too. Um, October 16th, man, this is the other one that I was really stoked to see, uh, because Tom Hanks is in this thing and I will watch Tom Hanks eat hair. Well, that, and it's directed by the beard. Didn't realize it was directed by Steven Spielberg until yeah. I got so this you email put the from you. the two of them together yes. and I will eat, you know, dirt with the, with the hair. Uh, uh, Tom Hanks is an American attorney tasked with negotiating the release of a U-2 spy plane pilot who was shot down over Russia at the height of the Cold War. It's a historical drama. Um, and the rumors are that this that The Force Awakens may be attached to this movie or may be released on this day because it's October 16th, and there's been a lot of speculation yeah. about you know tickets going on sale around that time and everything, so maybe the third and final trailer... Uh, I believe, too, that Disney is the distributor for this movie. Really? And that's another reason why, uh, you know, some some rumor mill report I read the other day said that, you know, theaters had been alerted that they needed to keep uh, a trailer slot open in front of this one. Nice. And so people are, you know, thinking that that's going to be The Force Awakens. Well, again, it's another period piece. Um Height of the Cold War, it looks to be 70s, maybe. Or, um, you know, uh, and uh, Tom, again, Tom Hanks, man, is just, he's one of my favorites of all time. Yeah. I'm trying to see, um, excuse me, I, I had a hiccup there. I'm trying to look at the, uh, the pictures. It's DreamWorks pictures. Um, I can't really find anything else on it, but I mean, this would be the one to attach it to. <clears throat> so I'm looking forward to this one. I, there's a lot that Tom Hanks has done that I just enjoy. He doesn't really disappear when he does a role, but he, he, he embodies it somehow. Still. Yeah. <clears throat> He's not like a Gary Oldman who 
you may or may not recognize from film to film. But um, we but, need to do just an episode on Tom Hanks movies. Okay, I'm down. I mean, we'll make that happen before the year is out. Sounds fun <laughs> to me. Um, also on October 16th, Crimson Peak. This is the one directed by Guillermo del Toro. Um, when her heart sort is sort of a Victorian haunted house ghost story romance kind of thing. Yeah, uh, you know this is um. This is one that I'm, I'm really, I was kind of surprised that as we got on into October, especially with, uh, you know, a Friday falling on the 30th being a Friday, um, that there's not a lot of uh, uh, horror movies. Oh, know, there's, uh, there's a paranormal activity. Well, and Jim like and the Paranormal Holiday. Activity 72 opens yeah. around Halloween. And I think there's another. One or two other kind of those, you know, low budget schlock, scary right. movies things that are opening up. I just I didn't put them on the list. Yeah, well, that's fine. I mean, I just I was surprised there's no like big budget thing going on. I, I, I don't know that horror is dead. I, I feel like that it's it's become a thing where they've tried to copy it or out gore. You know, every movie has to out gore. That the, the the psychological aspect of being scared when you watch a horror movie is kind of gone. I don't know. I think it's, I think the box office is there to support a low budget movie like a paranormal activity right. or an insidious, you know, films like that that are made for not a lot. So, you know, over the course of their run in the theater, if they bring in 30 to $50 million, then it's a profitable movie for the studio. But Guillermo del Toro doesn't make $5 million movies anymore. This is a big, lavish, gorgeous-looking production. You know, and right. I think that it's only because it's Guillermo del Toro that this movie got made. Well, and he does that with every... I mean, this uh, he is an artist when it comes to his films. Yeah. You know, even doing something like Pacific Rim. You know, he knew exactly what he was doing with that movie. And... And he makes things look incredible, you know, and he knows it. He, he always has, to me, he seems like someone with a very clear vision when he sets out to do something. Well, so. and this is a big cast on this. Uh, Jessica Chastain, Mia Wasikowska, Tom Hiddleston, Doug Jones. I mean, there's some Oscar caliber talent in this. Yep. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how it does. You know, I think that there definitely is an audience for mm-hmm. it. I'm just not sure how large it is. Yeah, it's. I mean, it could end up being one of those things like the Pan's Labyrinth deal yeah. that you know it got a oh, lot. Oh, but of Pan's traction. Labyrinth did really well. Yeah, but I mean, didn't it take it a minute to get some traction though? It, it did, but it was also you know foreign language. Right, right. Wasn't it was foreign language, right? I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Um. So it didn't open quite as large. I think they're looking to open this one bigger. But the, it's just this month is so crowded that yeah. there isn't, it's almost like, you know, June where, you know, <laughs> you've right. got to come out and make your money the first weekend. Yeah. Um, because the next weekend, there's the next guy's ready to kick you off the top step. Yeah, and and like you say, I mean, it's opening up against Bridge of Spies, which I think would be the big box office draw. I 
to me. But it's going to be Bridge of Spies will be a draw to the over 30 set. Okay. You know, okay. whereas Crimson Peak is going to be a draw to that, like, you know, 20 to 30 set. Well, especially if you make sure Tom Hiddleston's name is really big on the poster. And I think it is. Okay, yeah, that's what you got to do. It, it, it's him and Jessica Chastain really are kind of front and center on yeah. this. You got to put Tom Hiddleston, a.k.a. Loki, then people yeah. will rush to see it. Uh, also opening is a movie that honestly, dude, I, I don't know that I have any interest in other than the fact that Jack Black is in this thing. You know, I put this one on the list because this is a movie that I will probably take my youngest nephews. Yeah. Well, I, this is just, just the movie for the, the 10 and under set. This is after my time to these books. This is Goosebumps. Jack Black is actually playing R.L. Stein. Um, and, uh, he, he starts to, um, he, he interacts with a boy that's from you know the moves in next door and um and apparently it's a clever idea to it that all the monsters and creatures and stuff that rl stein has created for his stories Mm -hmm. are real right right he keeps them locked away by locking up the manuscripts so this kid comes in and accidentally opens one of the manuscripts and releases like a Yeti or something. And it just kind of creates a chain reaction Mm -hmm. where all the other monsters from the stories get released into this little town. And so the, the kids, you know, it's kind of a monster squad goonies sort of thing. You know, they've got to go and use manuscripts to capture the monsters. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cool. The goosebumps are just a little after my time. Yeah, but like I said, you know, my ne- all three of my nephews grew up reading the Goosebumps yeah. books, watching the Goosebumps stuff on TV. They like this kind of fun, kid scary mm-hmm. sort of stuff. So, you know, while my 14 year old nephew is like, there's no way he'd go see this. Like, definitely my seven year old nephew, this is something that he's going to want to see. So any of you out there with kids that age, like this is probably a movie that will wind up on your radar because I'm sure Nickelodeon and all that is going to be flooded with commercials for it. I'm sure it already is. Yeah. Um, then Truth with old Robert Redford, Kate Blanchett, Bruce Greenwood, Topher Grace, Elizabeth Moss, and Dennis Quaid, who is my Chuck Norris. Uh, <laughs> it's a newsroom drama. Uh, set in 2004, it, it's all about a CBS 60 Minutes report investigating George W. Bush's military service and the firestorm of criticism that Dan Rather uh, and the producer Mary Mapes um, This was their the careers. story that they put out that cost Dan Rather his job hosting mm-hmm. CBS Evening News. Yeah. And I, Robert Redford plays Dan Rather. And Kate Blanchett plays the producer who worked on the story with them. It's, um, it's, go ahead. It's really interesting to me. You know, a few years back, Oliver Stone did W. Yeah. And I think uh, Bush was still in office when that came out. Um, or he just left. It wasn't long. It, it seems interesting that these type of, um, based on true story you know it's not like a war movie like you know back in the day with tour 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 and some of the john wayne movies you know that was they were based in world war ii but they weren't necessarily you know that that was the extent of their based on a true story um and it was not long after the war but here man this is some stuff that 
it's like this was 11 years ago. Usually these kind of things happen, you know, when there's no one else really around to talk about them that was involved. Um, it's really interesting to me that they're going at it. I, I'm wondering what kind of take they're going to have on that whole situation. Yeah, I'm curious about it, too. And, you know, this is, again, I, part of the reason I put this movie on the list is because, well, it's probably not going to do a whole lot uh, financially at the box office. This is the kind of movie that we may continue to see mentioned throughout awards right, season. Right. You know, these are juicy roles. These are are actors that uh, reviewers and the the Academy nominees and stuff love. You know, they've all been nominated. A lot of them have been nominated or have won before or are on the verge of being that. Um, so it's just, uh, it's going to be interesting. This could be kind of like The Insider was a few years ago with Al Pacino and, um, and Russell Crowe about the, the 60 Minutes and the uh, Philip Morris whistleblower guy, the yes. cigarette lobby yeah. and stuff. Yeah. So I think it's kind of in that same niche. Mm-hmm. Um, moving on to Friday, October 23rd, Bone Tomahawk. This is going to be a limited release movie with Kurt Russell, Patrick Wilson, Matthew Fox, and Richard Jenkins. A group of cannibal savages kidnap, kidnap settlers from the small town of Bright Hope. And then uh, an unlikely team of gunslingers led by Sheriff Franklin Hunt sets out to bring them home. Uh, Kurt Russell, is he playing the Old West Sheriff? Is that what's happening here? I believe so, yeah. There's no trailer for this movie yet. Um, the only reason I've, I've put this on here is it's... Kurt Russell playing an Old West Sheriff going after cannibal savages. <laughs> is hell coming with him? Yeah. That's the only question. Uh, yes, please. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's interesting. I, didn't, I haven't heard about this. Law, the, the poster, there's a poster for it, and he basically looks like the same character that he's playing in the Tarantino movie that's coming out in December, The Hateful Eight. You know, he's got the long hair. He's got the big, huge, bushy mustache. Like, you know, it's like his tombstone Wyatt Earp mustache just gone unkempt. Nice. Um, I, I can't wait to see a trailer for this. It could just be a steaming pile, or it could be like a hidden cult classic gem to yeah. come. Yeah. Um, uh, but I'm intrigued because it's Kurt Russell. Yeah, you've got me intrigued just based on on what on your description alone. Um burnt starring bradley cooper who's just he can do no wrong these days apparently yeah. sienna miller omar sai uh matthew reese uma thurman is in this daniel Brühl, adam jones played by bradley cooper is a is a chef who was a rising star in the restaurant world he's recovering from a drug addiction that has decimated his promising career after getting clean he heads to london to take the helm of a top restaurant is determined to earn it three michelin stars uh not quite John Favreau's chef seems a little bit more sad and a little bit more intense. Um, but I think it's a little closer to uh, Kitchen Confidential. Right. There you go. Like more along that. I, I cannot wait to see this movie. Yeah. I, you know, I really, honestly, the, the, these movies that we're talking about, these are for me, um, you know, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon kind of movies where it's like, I don't really have anything else going on. I've watched all the Godzilla movies. Let's watch some of these movies that just kind of suck you in with the character work, with the story yep. and everything. 
And um, and this is definitely one that I want to see just because too he's you know he's a chef and I love watching uh, people work in restaurants. I love so do I, baby. I love Chef Man with John Favreau. Oh, chef, I th- that was my favorite movie last year. It was so good, so so good. And just I, I I can go on for like a half an hour talking about that. I mean the characters were all fantastic. He smartly cast the movie so he could get big names in to draw people in to see it. But like their characters worked. Um, the food shots were just gorgeous. Yes. It was like food porn to me. And <laughs> um, I, I love like the smart things he did, like the way he used social media and like when they would send out a tweet, you'd see like the little bird fly off and yes. stuff like that. I mean, yes. so much, the music was fantastic. And, you just feel so happy at the end of the movie. That's and that's the thing. Um, it it has the feel of like a '90s independent film as it goes along. The way it's edited, yeah. The, the way the sound design happens, the way there's not a lot of of music or a score necessarily that drives the movie. So it really has that '90s independent film feel. And most 90s independent films are all very kind of dark and bleak. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, is the kid going to die? Is something bad going to happen? And it's just a happy movie. Yeah. And it's like I was so just relieved and happy with with it and, and just loved it. I loved Robert Downey Jr.'s little character that gets in there, you know, and everything. It was just such a fun movie. So this seems like it's going to be not that at all no this seems like it's like the beginning of chef where he is like strung out and like burnt out and like needs to rediscover himself and i think a bit of that is this movie he needs to rediscover himself but he's not doing it in a food truck and having fun and trying to bond with his son his best friend he's trying to to start a restaurant that's going to earn three michelin stars which is almost nearly impossible to do and there's a great there's a great Star Wars reference in the trailer for this where he's uh, I think one of the other characters is talking to his girlfriend trying to explain to her that getting one Michelin star is like being Luke Skywalker, but getting three Michelin stars is being Yoda. Nice. And I thought that that was a great way to describe it. Um, and this just looks like one where. You know, the, the kitchen shots are going to be true and fantastic. And the food, I just, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be pretty good. Um, I said there were no horror movies in October really on this list. <laughs> uh, I, you know, I didn't know if I should put this next one on there or not. But I know you like the nods to like the cartoons and stuff that yeah. you grew up with and everything. So yeah. I wasn't sure if you were going to be offended if I left this one off, you know? Yeah, no. I, Jim and the Holograms comes out in theater on October 23rd. Um, here's the thing, man. I really was like, oh, yeah, they're going to do this. That's pretty cool. You know, girl power, rocking girl power is going to be great. And then I saw that first trailer, and I'm like, this is not Jim and the Holograms. Because what Jim and the Holograms was, was they were fighting the bad guys, you know, as well as rocking the house. There was there was a lot more involved than just some girl's rise to fame doing a Hannah Montana thing. Right. Um, and so so I was just kind of disappointed to see that they're going that route with it. And yeah, using... this definitely looks very Hannah Montana. And, uh, you know, so, yeah, I, I won't be there seeing it. And um, just... I. 
they didn't ruin my childhood with it or anything. I, I like the theme song of Jim. I think this is a good subject for uh, a future Rock Out Loud podcast. <laughs> Here, yeah, really? No, I don't you think it'll discuss Jim and the Holograms. Yeah, I, I don't think Kristen will uh, <laughs> will will go for that one. Um, uh, rock. All right, back to the good stuff. Yeah, Rock the Casbah, Bill Murray, Kate Hudson, Zoe Deschanel, Danny McBride. Scott Kahn, Bruce Willis. This is Barry Levinson directed. It's a comedy drama about a down-and-out music manager who follows a USO tour to Afghanistan to visit his one remaining client in the process discovering a talented young singer who he sneaks into Kabul to compete on the country's popular reality talent show, The Afghan Star. Um, yeah, screw you, take my money. Yeah, yeah. Bill, Bill Murray plays the, uh, the talent agent. Bruce Willis is sort of this kind of CIA kind of military guy mm -hmm. who he meets in Afghanistan of and he kind of just does. shows up at different times. I don't know. It just looks, it looks really funny. It's got that great Bill Murray sly wit. This looks like a character that, you know, Bill Murray's just going to like sink his teeth into. Yeah. Yeah. I right, listen. I uh, Bill Murray is someone that I that is just I love to watch on screen, even when he's doing stuff like uh, the, the Life Aquatic, you know, and and Lost in Translation, and that sort of thing. He's just really he's, he's the way you say that makes it sound like those are bad. They're movies. not. They're not. But they're not like the. They're not well, like. Don't you start blasting on Lost in Translation? No, I'm not. I'm not. Right. What I'm saying though is is they're not stripes or. Yeah, Ghostbusters, they're not, they're you know, not the they're not that style, right? Right, and so you really kind of get to see him or Zombieland, like his turn in Zombieland. You know, they're yeah. not they, these those movies that I mentioned are not like those, but I just love watching them in these comedy drama type situations. This one kind of looks like it's what his character from Stripes could have grown up to have become. Okay, a little bit. All right, well that's cool. Yeah, you know, he's I, a bit of a smartass. I'm at a, I'm at a bit of a disadvantage because I hadn't had time to go through and watch all these trailers, and so it's kind of like, what have I seen on Hulu? You know, what, what are they, they sending you the links for? Them? I know, I know. I just <laughs> I haven't had. Time. I'm sorry. I've, I've got this 5K thing coming, and it's and I almost die every day when I <laughs> get ready. For you it. you run 60 seconds, you watch a trailer. Run another 60 seconds, watch a trailer. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. So. Um. Well, uh, that's that's one I'd love to. I think I like to see. You know, like I say, because of Bill Murray. But I also listen. I also love Zoe Deschanel. Danny McBride is hilarious. Yeah. Um. And uh, you know, and Bruce Willis when he's on, he's good stuff. Um. I've got a question. Other than the cast of this movie, this next movie to be released on the twenty third of October. Is is it gonna say anything different? This is Steve Jobs, Michael Fassbender playing Steve Jobs. Um, you know, it's a biographical drama. It, it, have, how many of these have we had? I know that he's a big deal. I know that he is, you know, a visionary. I know that he's important to culture and history. You know, modern day culture and history. But is do we need another Steve Jobs movie? 
I think we do because I don't think anybody saw the first one. Okay, but there's been like two or I mean, three. Raise, raise your hand if you saw Ashton, the Ashton Kutcher, Steve Jobs movie. But even that one was like the second one, wasn't it, that they did? Raise your yeah. hand if anybody saw the... Uh, the, the other one. <laughs> the Farmer Ted, uh, Steve Jobs movie. Okay, all right, uh, fair enough. And, and to be honest with you, I don't think Steve Jobs is the sell on this movie. I think written by Aaron Sorkin, directed by Danny Boyle, Starring Michael Fassbender, that's the sell on this movie. Well, I think more that's than... why people are going to go see this movie. Because I think it's it's two Academy Award winners and an actor who has did he win? I, nominated, definitely nominated. Did he win for seven, twelve years of slave? I'm, uh, sure. I'm not sure. I don't. I know I he was nominated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so it's the pedigree, and this yeah. is. This is like potentially the big Hollywood pedigree movie that's going to go into the awards season. This is the one that everybody's going to talk about because Steve Jobs has reached this sort of enlightened, beloved level. And I think part of this is that they're they're trying to chop that down a little bit. Like, mm-hmm. you know, this was a guy who ignored his daughter for basically his entire life and like I think that they're trying to paint a bigger picture of him okay. than just the the maker of the Macs and the iPhone and stuff right. like that. Well, you know, you 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 were saying this is Aaron. The selling point is Aaron Sorkin and Danny Boyle. I think the the selling point is Aaron Sorkin. You know, I mean, this guy has been called a modern day Shakespeare for crying yeah. out loud. So, um, yeah, Aaron, I mean, okay, you sold me. I'm I'm there. I'm there. Um, Meryl Streep, Helena Bonham Carter. Carrie Mulligan, Ben Winshaw, Brandon Gleason, Ramola Garai, Suffragette or Suffragette. How do you pronounce that? Suffragette? Is it? It's, is it hard? Uh, I, I say Suffragette. It's um. Suffragette. It's about uh, women's suffrage. Uh, it's uh, feminist drama, working class laundress Carrie Mulligan in the 19th century London becomes radicalized when she meets a brave cadre of women organizing to obtain the vote. Uh, women's suffrage. Um, you can see some of this, a snapshot of this in uh, in Mary Poppins. Um, yeah, this is definitely to me, dude. This screams Oscar. Yeah, Oscar material. Well, uh, just Meryl Streep being in it alone, because you know she's not going to get the nomination for Ricky and the Flash. So it, it's kind of become a prerequisite that Meryl has to be nominated for something every year. Um. And this definitely looks like a supporting role for her. I think Carrie Mulligan, like this is her big, this is her big award season run. Okay, I, I don't know who that is. I guess um, she has been in a bunch of stuff, uh, and I believe she has been nominated before too. Hold on a moment while I IMDb her. I'm taking a look here. Taking a look. Uh, Drive. She's in the sequel to Wall Street. Um, Public Enemies. Wow, with uh, the Johnny Depp thing. Pride and Prejudice. Inside Lewin Davis. The Great Gatsby. Okay. She's got some cred, man. Yeah. I just, I've never, I haven't really seen any of those. So that's right. I said it. 
Um, so I think it's certainly for the actress and supporting actress roles, like this could be Helena Bonham Carter too. You know, this could be a big showy, uh, showy picture for them mm -hmm. and could get a lot of talk. Right. Uh, also on October 23rd, the movie that everyone was screaming for, Vin Diesel, Elijah Wood, Michael Caine, The Last Witch Hunter. I have oh. I have seen the previews to this, and I'm like, didn't Nick Cage try to do something like this a while back? Yeah, I think Nick Cage has tried to do like three versions of this. So it's just nothing but noise. Really? Yeah, that's exactly that's a great point. Yeah. That is a great point. I saw I have seen the trailer of this on Hulu. They're trying to sell this thing. And I just I don't get me wrong. I love Vin. I I think he has been brilliant in the way he has used social media to drive his career and stuff. Um, but this just I don't know what he was thinking with this. I don't think this is what people want to see him in. Yeah, I don't. I mean, look, he's Groot. He's Fast and the Furious. I hear he's they're doing a triple X sequel again. You know where he's going to be returning to that role. I like the Riddick movies. I like the Dude, first. I like yeah. those as well. I like those as well. Um, so yeah, I just I feel like this isn't the the I'm, I'm like you. I don't feel like this is the vehicle he needs to be jumping in. And you know. I, I feel like this movie could have been... I like the idea that he's sort of this immortal witch hunter and everything. And that, you know, there's a coven in New York, in modern day New York City that he's got to take down. I think that's a really cool idea. And I think, I think it would have been a lot better if they had simplified everything. Instead of all these crazy, insane special effects and stuff. Right. Like... Dial it back, do it like they did movies in the 70s, you know, where it's simpler and, you know, it's you you picture stuff so that it's your imagination that fills in the blanks and make, you know, the, I just I feel like they're just all these movies like they just all start to look the same mm -hmm. where it's just you could intersperse any story in this this mishmash of visuals and noise that they're throwing at you. And it would just be the same stuff. Unfortunately, this will probably be the big money maker in my area on that weekend. Uh, you I, know, mean, I don't just, know. It's, it's the way people think around here. Yeah. You know, uh, rounding out October here, another Oscar award winning, you know, award contending. Yeah. Uh, type movie. Our brand is Crisis. Sandra Bullock, Billy Bob Thornton, Anthony Mackie, uh, Joaquin de Almeida, Scoot McNary. Scoot McNary. I always wanted my uh, imaginary name playing around to be Scoot McNasty. Scoot McNary and Dowd. Uh, Sandra Bullock stars in a political comedy drama from Warner Brothers, uh, directed David, directed by um, David Gordon Green. It's inspired by the 2005 documentary of the same name, an expose of the bungled American election campaign in South America. Uh, another potential award winner here, as we said. So I think this one is has potential to make money, too. I think mm -hmm. that this could be another blindside kind of picture for her, where it does well commercially and also well critically. It looks fun. 
um, the interesting thing was that I, I read an article a few weeks ago or a month or so ago talking about how Sandy Bullock has she she can't find any good scripts. Like there's just no scripts out there that really fit what she's capable of doing. Right. And this was a movie that was originally written with her character as a male. And somebody got the idea of, well, what if we just rewrote this for her and just made the character female? Hmm. And so that's kind of how this turned into a Sandra Bullock project, was somebody had the smart idea of just rewriting the main character to fit her. Um, and I was just really intrigued by that. But the trailer looks like a lot of fun. They definitely play it for the comedic sides of it. Mm -hmm. Even though it's a serious story, they're playing it a bit of, as a bit of a comedy. Um, and tapping into that, she's got that, that real high likability factor. Oh, yeah. You know, we like to see her in movies. We root for her in movies. We're happy to see her on the big screen. and They definitely play, play for that in this. So. And, you know, the Academy loves her. She's their darling, so she could be a strong contender for this. Well, uh, she's a strong contender for a lot of things in my book, buddy. Oh, she had me at uh, While You Were Sleeping. So. <laughs> I've been a Sandy fan, like, her whole career. Nice. Hey, man, I got uh, we did get one email uh, while we were doing this. It came in from our zoo crew member, the Mixer Zoo crew member, uh, the Admiral. Uh, Alicia Pettit says the chat agreed we need a goal award show. Um, I like it. Below are some of the categories: best host. What? That's I'm, but I am the host. Uh, best co-host. Best original song. I didn't know we had original songs in the Goaliverse. Um, fan favorite Zoo Crew member. Best commercial. Best call-in. Favorite Cooter story. Now Cooter is Cooter Brown or Cooter Jones, rather, who calls in uh, to the Big Honkin' Show from time to time. And Best Steve? Oh, there's several Steves out there. <laughs> we think uh, Neil Patrick Harris should MC. Yeah, we can get him, no problem. Uh, the best part of the bit is, can be you don't win any of the awards and just get madder and madder. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, come on, I'm the only person listening to Best Host. How did I lose that one? That would be great, so. <laughs> too, if you, if you lost Best Steve. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Oh man, that's great. Um that's good stuff. So <clears throat> that is uh that's awesome. I Thank like you, Admiral. It. Thank you, Admiral, for that. Thank you so much. Well, Erish, man, and and thank you now. When is New York Comic Con? Next week. So yeah, are you guys set up on Wednesday and then it's Thursday through Sunday. Okay, so you guys are are you you guys are gearing up, getting ready? Yep. Well there you go. Um, yeah, we'll have uh, lots going on at the Delray booth, and Delray Star Wars will be right next to each other. Oh wow! So there'll be a lot. So maybe some Nerf wars going on over that way. Yeah, maybe. I think uh, rubber bands. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, we'll have lots of authors, tons of free books to mm -hmm. give away. Uh, authors signing and stuff. So you know, it, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. I think I might have a you know friend of the show, Mr. Goins crashing with me oh yeah well, that'll be cool so that'll be fun i'm looking forward to that aaron goins is a friend of the show he's a great guy nice um so yeah it's gonna it's gonna be good 
Well, I appreciate thing as always. Well, I appreciate you coming on, doing hey, some past I... the corn. It's always a blast, sir. It, yes, it is. I have a fun. I have a great time with it, and uh, I will tell you this. Um, it's I, you're welcome anytime. You know that. Thank you, my friend. So, and if you're up in New York and you're at the New York Comic Con, make sure you swing by the old Del Rey booth. And Please, just, come and, by. And just shout, pass the corn. Pass the corn. Shock everybody. Let let people know that Erish is also a gentleman podcaster about town. <laughs> that he's been sucked into this world. So and, and let us know what you guys think of this, you know? Tweet tweeter us. Use the hashtag pass the corn. Yeah, let it definitely let us hear from you. Can you can tweet us directly, of course, at Geek Out Loud, at Goliverse. I'm at Steve Glosson. Erish is at Darth underscore Duff, all on the Twitter. Also follow at Goliverse Reads for the Goliverse Book Club, and uh, head over to Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Geek Out Loud. Uh, Got to get some more goal polls posted so we can talk about some fun things as we lead into October. Of course, there's going to be goal polls about your favorite Universal monster, Freddy versus Jason versus Michael, all kinds of fun stuff coming up uh, there at the Facebook page, facebook.com slash geekoutloud. And of Did course, you see, sorry, you mentioned Freddy. Did you see the guy who showed up at the Emmys last week with a tie on that was like the same style as Freddy's sweater? And then he had Freddy's glove. No. I forget which actor it was. Um, Oh, I wish I could remember right now, but there's pictures of him on the red carpet, like with his girlfriend or his wife and like, you know, the Freddy glove over her shoulder. Oh, wow. That's kind of creepy and funny at the same time. We'll be talking about all those things, man. I love the 80s horror, dude. You talk about stuff blowing up, but I don't think for my money, they don't get better than Halloween, Michael Myers. They're re-releasing that in the theaters. Yeah, I I won't go see it. It freaks me out too much. (laughs) Just the music. Hey, don't forget audibletrial.com slash geekout for your free audiobook uh, download and your free trial of audible.com. Audibletrial.com slash geekout. And hey, show your love and show everyone else that you love the Goliverse by heading over to geekoutonline.com slash shirts. When you get one, tweet it out to us. Let us see it. Let us Tell us how it feels. Tell us what you like about it, what you don't like about it, if we should be using a different service, all that good stuff. We don't know until we hear from you guys geekoutonline.com slash shirts and also those Amazon links at geekoutonline.com and geekoutpodcast.com to help out the show and a huge huge thank you so much to everyone who supports us directly at patreon.com slash geekoutloud I know we're way behind on those exclusive podcast guys trust me we got them coming we're going to try to do something special with the ones we've missed to get everything caught up so that uh, you'll go into December uh having the commentary for Jedi, having heard the other five Star Wars commentaries from me and some guests and everything. Erish, we got it. I've, I've gotten emails said you got to be back on a commentary with me for that thing. Let's do it. So we'll let you know. Well, and, the holograms. Mm-mm, no, sir. Mm-mm. <laughs> nope. Nope. Not going to do it. Not going to do it. Oh man. Well, it's been a blast, sir. Hey, Erish. Hey, Steve. Pass the corn, man. Pass the corn, brother. We'll see you guys next time on Geek Out Loud. <laughs>